Hey listeners, welcome to the Learn to Code With Me podcast. I'm your host, Laurence Bradford. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to remind you that you can get the show notes for this episode and every other episode at learntocodewith.me forward slash podcast. And if you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe on whichever podcast player you listen on. And if you're feeling particularly generous, a review would be awesome too. Here's a quick word from our sponsors who help make the show possible. The Product College is an accelerated higher education for the next generation of tech leaders. Only pay tuition after you graduate and launch your career at companies like Facebook and Google. Find out more at makeschool.com. That's M-A-K-E school.com. Flyer School's online web developer program focuses on community, actual development tools, and features a curriculum that will teach you the skills you need to land a career as a software engineer. Get $500 off your first month by visiting flatironbootcampprep.com. In today's episode, I talk with Neil Mehta, who is super accomplished while still being a senior at college. We talk about his book that was recently published, what it's like interviewing at top tech companies, and more. This interview may leave you feeling inspired to get your tech career started. But to do that, you have to get past a little thing called the technical interview. These interviews can be super tricky. That's why I want to make sure you know about Interview Cake. Interview Cake gives you over 50 hours of technical interview practice questions to help you ace your interview. The guys at Interview Cake are so confident they'll be able to help you land a job that if you use Interview Cake and don't get a job, they'll actually give you your money back. You either get a life-changing job in tech or a complete refund. Even better, I've managed to get a 20% off discount for Learn to Co with Me podcast listeners. To get that discount, just go through my affiliate link, which is learntocodewith.me forward slash cake. The discount will be automatically applied when you go through that URL. And again, the URL is learntocodewith.me forward slash cake. And don't forget to tell me when you land a new job. I'll be super excited to hear about it. Neil Mehta is the co-author of Swipe to Unlock, the non-coder's guide to technology and the business strategy behind it. He is a senior at Harvard studying computer science. He also has experience interning at Microsoft and Khan Academy. Even more, Neil founded a civic technology nonprofit, Coding It Forward, and launched an education app with a quarter million users while still in high school. If you want to break into the tech industry, you can find out more about his book, Swipe to Unlock, at learntocodewith.me forward slash swipe. Again, the URL to his book is learntocodewith.me forward slash swipe. Hey, Neil, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Ross. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to talk to you because you're like this wonderkin. Uh, you have so many accomplishments and you're still in college. So that's really exciting. I'm so glad to have you on the show. That's very kind of you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. So to get the ball rolling, though, how did you first get interested in technology? You know, I, I, the, the phrase I like to use is, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. Uh, so back in high school, I realized that a lot of my friends were having, and I were having trouble studying for our midterms. You know, you got to cram all this information in. Uh, and so I, I had like, bought a book on computer science, on technology, um, back when I was like visiting my grandparents in India, just for, fun, just for the fun of it. And I thought, you know, what if we made an app, right, to 
automate some of this studying, right? Because making paper flashcards is really annoying, takes a lot of time, and I always lost all of mine. So I made this paper, this like little app to digitize flashcards uh, and, and shared it with my friends, and, and they loved it. Uh, and I thought, you know, this would be great. Why don't? What if the whole world got into this? So the app is called Cabra Flashcards. Uh, so branded like that, and uh, released to the world. And uh, you know, over the over the next couple of years, uh, you know, a lot of people around the world started picking it up. I think by the end of high school, we had a quarter million users. We had uh, in in 190 countries, uh, which is really exciting. So you know, I got into technology because I realized it could solve these really really big problems for people, right? You know, in education or you know other things as well. Uh, but really, it was very much about this idea of helping it, helping scale education and help people, helping people who don't necessarily have access um, to many educational tools uh, get into it. And that's what still motivates me today, I'd say, to keep doing technology. Yeah, that's really awesome. And how old were you exactly when you first built this app? I know you mentioned you were in high school, but like right. about what year? I think I was 14. That was like when I like freshman year, I think. Wow. So were you taking any computer science classes at your high school at the time? Uh, so th- I actually made this app before I took my first computer science class in high school. So you know, a lot of it was self-taught. Uh, incidentally, the class that, that I uh, that I took was used Java, which is the same language I used to build the app. So I kind of like, self-taught myself uh, through the app, everything that I needed for that computer science, uh, inter-computer science course, which I took later. And when you built this app, were you doing it totally on your own, or did you have any friends helping you out? Yeah, no, I was pretty much on my own. I mean, uh, you know, when I first learned, learned how to code, it, it was just like, I, I, I remember the first app I ever made was, uh, what was it? I think it was like a baseball game simulator in like Java. It was like sitting in my parents, my grandparents' apartment in India, and I was like learning how to Google and Stack Overflow things to make very simple apps. Uh, so I kind of had to teach myself that. Then eventually, once I got good enough, I made the app, uh, the, the studying app. Yeah, it was pretty much all, all self-taught. I didn't, I didn't know anyone else who knew how to code at that point. I, I wouldn't meet my computer science teacher for, you know, for who knows how many months afterward. Uh, so, you know, thanks to the kindest people on the internet, I, I managed to piece it together. But, you know, very, very much self-taught in that way. And you said that you had, what, about a quarter million users on the app? Is that right? That's right, yeah. Oh, wow. So does the app still exist today? Yeah, you can get it. Uh, if you go to uh, getcabra.com, that's C-A-B-R-A. Uh, if you go there, uh, you can you can get it. Uh, you know, I wound it down a little bit since high school. You know how crazy college is, um, but you know it still works. Yeah, that's really awesome. It's great that it's still available. So, like, you built something years ago, and it's still available in the um, in the app store. So that's all very cool. And now, after you built this app, and this was in high school, and it sounds like you're taking computer science classes after that, and then of course you're at college now, and you're studying computer science. What really motivated you to choose to study computer science in college? Yeah, you know, the way I like to put it is, you know, I, I've always been more interested in what technology can do for the world rather than the, you know, the, the nitty gritty or the conceptual ideas behind it. Behind it. Uh, so, you know, when I came to college, the, you know, I knew that, you know, with code, with technology, I could solve a lot of these really great problems, right? Like education. Uh, or, you know, at least do my best to take a stab at it. Uh, so, when I came to college, I thought, you know, what is the best way to learn more of these skills to be able to impact people's lives? And I thought technology was the way to do it. And you know, the way that you know education system works is that computer science is the you know that major that will give you the best technical skills, or the best skills to you know to help solve people's problems with technology. So it was a pretty easy choice to, to do computer science. Uh, you know, I knew that you know it would be the best way to learn these skills that I would need to to build these tools for people. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And 
again, I'm just looking at your LinkedIn before the show, and it's just so impressive how how much you've done and you're still in college. You haven't graduated yet. I honestly believed that. I wasn't sure if you were still in school or not. I thought you maybe had graduated already and it just, your LinkedIn just wasn't up to date. So I am, yeah, I'm just very, very impressed by you. But you interned at two different companies uh, so far in college, Microsoft and Khan Academy. Obviously, I think most listeners know Microsoft. I would imagine even Khan Academy in case they don't. It's a really popular and well-known online education platform. And it really focuses on... I would say like elementary, middle school, high school students. So how did you end up getting those internships and what yeah, sort of led you there? Sure, absolutely. Uh, so just, just just to make the chronology clear. Uh, so I started off freshman year, freshman summer actually. Um, so that was, what, 2015. Uh, I worked at Khan Academy as a software engineer. Uh, then I was a product manager at Microsoft. And then this last summer, I did something else. I can tell you about that later if you want. But it was, it was a government technology at the Census Bureau. Uh, for the first two, at least, you know, the more like conventional internships. Uh, so, uh, so for Khan Academy, you know, one thing I realized very fast in college is even with technology, a lot of it is about meeting the right people. Uh, you know, skills are you know very important, obviously, but a lot of it is meeting the right people. Uh, and so, because of my interest in in Cabra in the studying app, I was really interested and involved in the education technology space, as as I see you are, Lawrence. So through that, I managed to meet a recruiter and data scientist from Khan Academy. And, you know, I was a big fan of Khan Academy, loved what they had done. Uh, so, you know, thanks to having met them, that, that helped me get into that, the, the internship or the, the interview process. Uh, and, you know, and from that, you know, there's, you know, once, once you land those interviews, a lot of it is the, like, traditional, like, software interview prep uh, method. You know, there's things like the cr- cracking the coding interview and so on. Uh, so you know, the main thing I got from that was that a lot of it is about you know, you know, how do you do you know the right people? Which you know, unfortunately, that's just the way that the the, the, the economy works. You know, uh, and for Microsoft, um, that so at, at Khan Academy, I realized that I, coding was great, but I was more interested in you know building products, thinking about users, rather than the nitty gritty of uh, of coding of you know sitting at a desk for forty hours a week and punching the letters on a keyboard wasn't really my thing. Uh, and, and so, for, so at Microsoft, I wanted to do uh, product management, right? Which is much, you know, kind of hybrid of business design, technology, and strategy stuff. And, and so for that, I think that was much more about understanding the bigger picture concepts um, of technology, right? So not not just like you know, uh, what do the zeros and ones do on my computer, uh, but like how do tech business tech businesses decide to you know start new uh, products or enter new markets. Or uh, how do uh, different kinds of people interact with technology in different ways? So a lot of it was this bigger picture thinking about uh, how people interact with technology and how the business behind technology works. And so, you know, with a lot of that studying of my own, I think that's what helped me get get that job um, at Microsoft. Awesome. And I'm so sorry that I missed the most recent internship at the U.S. Census Bureau. So, yeah, you have this really wide range of experience from, of course, non-government companies to now a government institution. And... That's yeah, that that's great. So, did you enjoy your uh, this most recent internship at the U.S. Census Bureau? I feel like it's quite different from Khan Academy and then Microsoft. Yeah, you know, so, so Khan Academy was the nonprofit, uh, and Microsoft was a for-profit, obviously, and Census Bureau was a uh, public sector organization. So, my friends like to joke that I've done the tech triple crown. You know, I did the nonprofit, I did the for-profit, I did the uh, public sector. You know what I mean? Uh, so, very different experiences, but I definitely enjoyed all of them. Uh, 
yeah, so to the point about the the Census Bureau internship, I can tell you a bit about like how I got into that if you want, or like how the, how that all sta- all started. Yeah, sure. Go into that real quick. Yeah, so, uh, so you know, after the first couple, for a couple internships, you know, I really really liked working at Microsoft and stuff. Yeah, but I realized that public service is very important to me. Something that I definitely wanted to do uh, while I was in college, because you know, college I realized is a great time to experiment with things. Uh, so I looked and I looked and I said, you know what, I, I really want a public sector technology internship. Uh, you know, but I realized that like they didn't really exist, and I realized that when tech government people think about technology, they think about, you know, hey, can you install Microsoft Word 2003 in my computers? You know, literally, that's what some of the job descriptions were. Uh, so that was a little disheartening. Uh, but I thought, you know, if, if these tech interests in the government don't exist, you know, what if they did exist? Uh, so, so that led me to uh, start that nonprofit, which you mentioned earlier, called Coding It Forward, uh, which had the goal of uh, empowering and inspiring tech students to use their skills for public service. Uh, and so through that nonprofit, uh, I found uh, some partners in the U.S. Census Bureau who were really interested in this idea uh, of bringing tech students to work in the federal government for a summer. Uh, and so with them, we spun up this internship program called the Civic Digital Fellowship uh, in, in uh, spring 2017. And so through that program, we brought uh, 14 intern- uh, tech students from all around the country, myself included, uh, to work at the Census Bureau um, for the summer. So personally, I did I did product management stuff on the marketing side for them. We also had data science people. We had uh, software engineers. We had uh, designers, stuff like that. Uh, so overall, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I, I think it was very, very rewarding to see how you know technology could be used to to serve the public and to help make a government work better. Uh, it's certainly frustrating sometimes all the bureaucracy, uh, but it was a very enjoyable experience. And, you know, I really enjoyed the ability to get that nonprofit, for-profit, and public sector experience. I think it really helps you understand how different people think of um, technology and business. Yeah, I mean, you're certainly very well-rounded. And something that you mentioned before uh, that I think is great, and I always try to remind people of this when they're trying to get new careers in tech, is it's who you know, not what you know always. And it sounds like a lot of the opportunities that came your way was through networking and making connections. And um, of course, you have the skills as well, but you were really able to use the two to your advantage, like the skills and your network. Right. I'll tell you this. like, I don't think I've ever gotten a single job um, without having known someone on the inside. You know, And I think that's true for very many people uh, who, who I know. Right. So, and yeah, so yeah, a lot of it is, you know, for better or for worse, is for who, for is who you know, and that, you know, that's got its own problems. But that is that's the truth of it. And yeah, the second second part is, you know, once you you once you you have your foot in the door, if you really want to succeed, if you want to make sure you do well the job, you know, it's all about having that not only the technical like the the raw like nitty gritty skills, but also the bigger picture of thinking about how technology can influence the world. I think that's really important to have. Yes, and I would love to turn our attention to a bit more present day. And you have a book as well. So you have these internships, you're studying at Harvard. It looks like you're really involved um, at Harvard, like in different extracurriculars and organizations on campus. And you wrote a book recently with two other authors called Swipe to Unlock, The Non-Coder's Guide to Technology and the Business Strategy Behind It. So could you talk a bit, well, first about like what the book is, but also just what led you to write it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, our book, Swipe to Unlock, I, I wrote it with two of my, uh, my friends from Microsoft. Uh, so so the, goal, the, the book's goal is to explain the big picture about technology uh, to people who don't have technical skills. So for example, you know, I, I personally don't think you need to know how to code in order to understand you know, how does big data work? What is the internet? You know, how does Facebook decide what to show in your newsfeed? 
you know, why did Microsoft buy, you know, a startup, startup like LinkedIn? You know, the, the, these questions about, these bigger picture questions about technology and about business, I, I personally don't think that you need to know uh, computer science or coding uh, in, order to, uh, in order to understand it. And so this kind of leads me into the impetus behind the book. So, you know, my friends and I, we were, we met at Microsoft and we realized that, you know, so many people like need to know technology these days, right? I mean, you know, maybe using your job, right? Maybe, you know, you know, maybe things like net neutrality, right? Or the internet privacy laws like things like that. Maybe those are important to you. I think they're important to a lot of people. And, you know, who doesn't use uh, Facebook, Google? Uh, so I think it's really important people understand that, but I think a lot of people just tend to throw their hands up and say, you know, I don't know how to code. I, I don't get this. I'm not a computer person. But, you know, the way, you know, I've always thought that, you know, you don't need to know how, how to code in order to, uh, to understand technology. I think it's really important people understand technology. And I don't want people's, you know, lack of knowledge on how to code, which, you know, of course is, you know, it's not for everyone. Coding is not for everyone. I'll say that. Yeah, I don't want that, that lack of knowledge about code, coding to hold people back from understanding um, the big picture about technology. So, so that's what, what led us to write this book. So in our book, we, we, we break down a lot of the big picture concepts about technology and, and the business strategy behind it. Examples like the cloud, big data, hardware, um, hacking, uh, technology policy, uh, the business of the tech sector, stuff like that. We break that down using real-world examples, and we try to cut out all the jargon we can. You know, we try to give plain English definitions so that, you know, even like a 10-year-old will be understand these these concepts, right? Because they're not really that hard. I, I think people make them out to be harder than they are. But we try to break down these important tech concepts in ways that really anyone can understand because I think anyone can and should understand them. Yeah. How long did it take you to write the book? Gosh, um, I think we started writing it, we started like outlining and drafting it in, in like last September. And I think the writing really kicked off in like May and I finished it in September. So like 360 pages over four months. It's, uh, it was a lot, but wow, definitely a lot of fun to write it. Uh, you know, definitely learned a lot as well in the process. We're taking a quick break from this interview to hear a word from our sponsors who help make the learn to code with me podcast a reality. If you want to accelerate your tech skills in a higher education setting without student debt, check out make schools product college. As an aspiring software engineer, you'll receive one-on-one -on -one coaching, industry mentorship, and build projects with an amazing group of peers. You can take classes in web and mobile development, data science, machine learning, AI, entrepreneurship, product management, and design. Make School has 30 industry partners, including Facebook, LinkedIn, and Etsy that look to hire directly from their diverse community. Their alumni work in engineering roles at Google, Facebook, and top Y Combinator funded startups. And it's awesome to see a school align their incentives with their students' success. You only pay tuition once you've landed a job and they even offer financial assistance for living expenses in San Francisco. What are you waiting for? Deadlines are approaching for their September 2018 start. So to be part of this incredible community in the heart of Silicon Valley, head over to makeschool.com to apply today. That's M-A-K-E school.com. Flatiron School's online web developer program, community-powered bootcamp, and free bootcamp prep courses are perfect for anyone interested in a career change and becoming a developer. Flatiron students come from a range of backgrounds, from financial to creative. What they all have in common is the passion, grit, and determination to learn to love code. 
Flatiron's rigorous 800-plus hour curriculum will teach you the skills you need to land a fulfilling career as a software engineer. Learn to Code With Me listeners can get an awesome $500 off their first month to get started on that career change. Just visit flatironbootcampprep.com. One online Flatiron student said he'd learn more in a couple of days with Flatiron than a year of computer science classes. If you're interested in learning how to think like a real developer while using tools actual developers use, check out Flatiron's online web developer program at flatironbootcampprep.com and claim your $500 discount. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I've never written like a full-fledged book. I've done little eBooks and whatnot, but nothing near, what'd you say, 375 pages? Something like that, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, I'm sure you learned a ton doing that. And I know you read it with two other people. Were they or, or are they still a university as well? No, so uh, so that my other authors, uh, Parth and Adi, they graduated this May from Cornell, both of them. Uh, so Parth works at Facebook now, and Adi works at, at Microsoft, both as product managers. Parth's got a really interesting background, actually. He so he never took a computer science in class in college, and he still managed to get jobs like non-tech jobs at like Facebook, Google, Microsoft, IBM, Amazon, like I think several others too. Uh, so I, I think that that just goes to show that. You don't have to understand how to code in order to, if, if you want to like work at a big tech company or you know tech is useful to you in other ways, you don't have to know how to code to, to do that. And so with with the insights that we got from you know from our you know experiences, that kind of led us to realize that you know you, don't, you really don't need to know how to code to succeed in the tech space. Uh, especially people who want to break into the tech space and say a non-tech role. I think you know our book really tries to capture a lot of the information that people like me, Adi, and Parth. Uh, needed to, to to really succeed in that space, even without any you know particular coding knowledge. Yeah, so this book is really ideal for someone who wants a career at a tech company or something like that that may not be coding related per se, but this book kind of gives the background into these higher level concepts that someone should be familiar with. Right. You know, for example, if you want to if you want to run a restaurant, right, you should know at least how like cooking and sh- like food works. You know. Uh, similarly, if you want to work in, the t- in you know, get a job in, a, in the tech sector, which, by the way, is like one of the fastest growing sectors because of the, like, the five biggest companies in the world are tech companies. You know, if you want to get a job in one of these places, you know, it's important to understand technology, right? Like, you don't have to know how to code again, but you know, you should at least be able to understand. You know, if you work at Google, for example, you should be able to understand like how do they search the entire internet in like half a second, right? How do they decide how to target ads, things like that. So for people who want, you know, say a marketing, finance, uh, product management, right, business development, stuff like that, if people want those kind of jobs at tech companies, it's really important that you understand the the big picture technology concepts. And, and you know, we think that with our book, we'll we'll teach you a lot of the really important things, like a good good baseline that'll help prepare you for for careers like that. Yeah, and I think you gave a few examples before of things that you talk about in the book, like. Um the cloud, big data. What, was there anything else that you uh, covered that is an interesting topic that you could share? Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll just throw out a couple. Uh, so one, for example, on the, on the business side, is if you're not, if you're not aware, uh, so Amazon offers Prime, Amazon Prime, but they actually lose money um, for every customer who uses Prime. Like they pay more for shipping than they do for like for the cost of Prime. And so the question you would wait to is like, why would they do that if it loses them money? And so in our book, we break down, like, what are some of the business strategy concepts, uh, business strategy uh, ideas that they had that would lead them to, you know, do Prime, even though it seems to lose the money on the service. Like, what, like, what is the reason behind that? So, so we break down on topics like that. On the more technical side, we break down things like, 
uh, you know, one of my favorite sections was, uh, did you know that, it, I think well, a couple years ago, uh, one programmer at Amazon uh, made a single typo and that took down 20% of the entire internet. That was maybe a year, I think it was like a year ago. And I only know that because I remember, um, well, where I work full time, right. our site. Oh, there you go. And a yeah. lot of yeah, a lot of sites were down as a result of this. But sorry, I go on with your example. Yeah. So so you know when you when you first th- think see that you might think that's like black magic or something like that. But really, we try to break down you know what are exactly the steps that happened that made that happen. The, you, the, the gist of it is that it's because they all ran on this particular cloud platform. So we break down you know what is the cloud, why do people do it, how do apps run in the cloud, and then finally how did like how did this one typo. Like, how did that lead to a chain of events that led to this entire part of the internet going down? Uh, let's go into other topics, like uh, on the policy side, you know, what is net neutrality? Why does it matter? Because I think a lot of times when you see it on TV, there's a lot of buzzwords, but it doesn't always, it's not always well explained. Uh, we also cover a lot of cool emerging technology trends, like uh, how do self-driving cars work? Um, how, does, how does Siri work? How does Siri actually understand what you're saying? Uh, will robots take our jobs? Uh, you know, a lot of really interesting concepts like that. Uh, happy to go to more if you want. I mean, I think that was all just great examples. And one thing I'm doing this season, uh, season four of the show, is trying to talk to different people in a lot of these different areas. So in the past, I would primarily focus on software engineering. This season, I'm trying to get into um, people who work in machine learning or artificial intelligence uh, and careers that relate to data science uh, and DevOps and a whole bunch of things. So this is really... Like, is this book just sounds like a great high level way people can learn about a bunch of these different spaces and, and directions they can go to? I think we cover, I forget the list of all the t- chapters off the top of my head, but we do operating system, software development, the cloud, uh, big data, emerging technology, business strategy, technology policy, hardware, runs the gamut. I think it's, we really think everything that you really need to know is, is condensed in, into our book. Yeah, I'm not sure if you had this intention when you started off writing this, but to me, it sounds like a really great book for someone who is uh, getting into tech or wants to work in the tech sector, and they want to start interviewing at companies, and reading this book could really give them a good background of a bunch of different issues and even potential like interview questions that could come up. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's particular interview questions. Like the the questions that we we pose, like no one would ever ask you that. Like no one's ever going to ask you, you know, why like why did uh, or like why did Facebook buy link like uh, WhatsApp? Like no one will ever asked you that in an interview. Uh, and no one no one will ever ask you, for example, uh, why did a Wall Street trader drill through the Allegheny Mountains to build a perfectly straight internet cable to Chicago? Like that's one of our topics. Like no one will ever ask you those kind of questions. But the idea is that the the concepts that you learn will be very useful to you, right? Like, for example, if someone says, you know, oh, we're going to run an A/B test. If someone says, you know, we're going to run AWS, we're going to run SaaS, uh, we're going to, you know, um, uh, gonna, we're going to experiment, we're going to get a CDN to uh, run our MVP on. Like if people throw on these technology terms, you should understand you should understand what they mean so you, you you don't feel like you are speaking a foreign language when you're understanding when you're talking with technologists. So I think a lot of the important concepts um, and, and often a lot of good good anecdotes are in there. It's not particularly directly interview questions, but I think it's a lot of really good background information that'll really help you both at the job and also in the interviews. Like I know when I was interview I've been interviewing at like Microsoft, Facebook, Google this this semester. And a lot of the to- topics that I covered and a lot of the anecdotes that I, I learned from researching for the book, actually, I use those um, in, in my interviews. And you know, they've gone pretty well so far. So I think it's a great resource, people. I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily like an, interview, an interview example question book. 
Uh, but I think it's a great compliment to stuff like that. Got it. Got it. So I'm super curious, what is next for you? You're a senior this year. You have all this different kind of experience in internships from working in the public sector to the private sector. You have a book, you have a nonprofit, you even have an app from when you were in high school. Um, So like what direction do you want to head in? Uh, It sounds like to me, maybe I'm misinterpreting, but you don't really want to pursue the software engineering path. It looks like you're more interested in like the the business side of things with technology. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking to do product management stuff, right? Which is, again, you know, that, that, hi- that really cool hybrid of business technology design strategy, right? So it definitely stuff at, at that intersection. Uh, you know, I, you, you know I, I'm still trying to figure out what's next for me, to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I, well, one thing that I realized is that, you know, I think it's very easy to get complacent in, in the world of technology. Like you know, a lot of these tech companies, they, they give you so many great perks that you often just want to stay there with your whole career. Uh, you know, and even like, it's so easy to get very specialized in one particular thing that you can spend a lot of time doing one very, very small thing. Uh, yeah, and I think what I, what I realized, as you, as, you, as you just mentioned, is that I really like getting that, that diversity of experiences and backgrounds and, and, you know, and always learning new things and always uh, trying my head at new stuff. So, you know, I, I see myself doing a variety of things, you know, currently trying to do, uh, you know, Product management at some great major companies, maybe that might lead to like public service at some point, to entrepreneurship, to, to future writing. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, one thing I know, to be honest, is that I know I get bored doing the same thing for you know, 10, 20 years at a stretch. So uh, I'll, I'll probably keep, uh, keep trying a bunch of very different things. I, I think the overall, I think the overall like, theme is going to be clear, probably. It's going to be you know, how do we use technology, which I think is like, the most powerful modern tool known to humankind. How do we use that to improve people's lives, right? It's it's a big question, right? It's a very big question, writ large. But the overall theme is like, how do use how can we use these concepts to you know to to help people who really really need it, right? That's through education, whether that's through you know helping the public, the public service, whether that's through educating people about you know how technology uh, works to help improve their lives. Yeah, I think that thread's gonna gonna be in common throughout you know wherever my career leads me, because that's really what's been in common so far, and I think that's probably gonna continue. Awesome. And one last question I want to ask you, just because you have interviewed at a ton of different tech companies and for various roles, and I know the Learn to Code With Me listeners uh, are really interested in job hunting and job search-related topics, is there any advice you could give listeners about preparing for an interview at a tech company? Maybe it's something that um, you've done in the past that you felt like worked well. Maybe it's a resource like a book or an online program that helped you. Sure, yeah. Yeah, you know, I think it varies a lot based on the role. Um, but you know, if I were to break it down into a couple of categories, so the first part is if you want to get the get that interview. Uh, you know, a lot of it I realized is, as I mentioned before, it's it's knowing someone on the inside. So you know, oftentimes I know like a friend or a friend of a friend who who works somewhere, or you know, based on what college you went to, you might even be able to find alumni through whatever network uh, like program your school has um, to be able to find people inside somehow. And you know, even like friends of friends are often very willing to help you get a foot in the door. So yeah, you know, first part is definitely try and get your foot in the door some some way. If you can like try and talk to the recruiter directly, that's even better. Um, so that, that that's that's advice for getting that interview. Never succeed in the interview. You know, I I've you know, I've read like ten interview prep books at this point, to be honest. Um, and, and after a while, you realize that you know there's always so much you can get out of it. I mean, definitely read them. You know, all all the like you know cracking the whatever interviews. Definitely read those. Um, but I realize that there's you know everyone reads those. Everyone has the exact same mindset. Everyone has the same framework to it, right? Like I don't think it's enough to help you stand out and really succeed. 
because whenever I've done these interviews, like, you know, I've done Facebook, Google, Microsoft in the last, like, two weeks alone. You know, I realized that, you know, the questions are never as, like, straightforward or simple or as, like, nicely packaged as you might get in these interview prep books. But I think what's really important, actually, is, is not really to, uh, to just read those interview prep books. I think people will often just read those and call it a day. I think it's really important that you understand like where the technology like industry is going and what are some of the big interesting trends. Um, like like for example, I like read, read like the last like two months of Microsoft news on the Verge before I went and interviewed at Microsoft. And you know, like one of the one of the guys who I interviewed with was actually worked on a particular feature that was in the news like two months ago. And I mentioned that to him and really impressed him with it. Right, and we had a really great conversation digging into some of the details about it. So I think what's really important is, if you, is, is to understand that technology, the technology industry very broadly and have a very strong, broad knowledge base. I, I think that is just as important as these specific interview prep skills because you know, at, at, at big companies, they realize everyone's read these books. They really want to see something else on top of that. So you know, hopefully, you know, I, I think my book might be you know, a good, good resource for that. But really, a lot of it is uh, is is reading these, read the tech news, reading everything from the New York Times and you know Wall Street Journal to the Wired, Verge, etc. Um, and also to just like uh, playing around with what the co- the company's products yourselves, you know, just try try them all out and uh, see if you can develop some interesting opinions. Because I think if you have some really interesting opinions about what the company does, and you have a strong understanding of what's going on in the tech industry and the tech world more generally. I think you'll really impress a lot more than people who just like memorize this one particular framework from a book that everyone else has and that the interviews have seen a million times. So, you know, that's, that's my advice. Take it for what it's worth. Um, but it, to sum it up, I think it's really important not, not just know people on the inside, but also really have that strong, basic, basic knowledge of what's going on, which, you know, hopefully my book would help with. And also to, you know, to do interview prep, but make sure you augment that with that understand, basic understanding and some interesting opinions about what's going on right now. Yeah, I really like that advice. And I think you're so right when you mentioned that everyone is reading the same books. There, there, There's a range of books, but a lot of people are reading them. And especially at these bigger companies, um, they know that people are reading them. And I loved what you said about using the product and forming opinions around that. Uh, as someone who interviews people at my current job, I it always just says a lot when the person has used the product and asks interesting questions about the product. And as you said, has these opinions about the product and, um, and it just really shows that they care and they kind of went that extra step. Yeah. Yeah. One more thing, actually, because uh, I, I know a lot, know a lot of the folks listening to, the audit, to this podcast are going to be interested in like more software engineering roles, which I haven't touched on as much. I think for that, like it's, it's always really, really good to have built something yourself, you know, like whatever it is, you know, just having built some kind of product yourself, it gives you one something really cool to talk about in an interview. Two, a great thing for your resume, and uh, three, like really good understanding of how technology is actually made, which I think is much more valuable than just like knowing algorithms from a class or something like that. So, advice for I think everyone is like build your own things. Uh, one, because it's useful for people. Two, it's a lot of fun. Three, I think it, it's very valuable for especially engineering and also stuff like product management roles. Yeah, and to take that one step further, because I know you built your own app right in high school, and you not only built an app, you also got a ton of people to use it, which like is says even more. I don't know if you actually marketed it or just kind of a word of mouth thing, but I think that's even more impressive when someone can build their own thing and then actually get like users in one way or another. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's I think it's very, very well said. 
All right. Awesome, Neil. Thank you so much for coming on the show again. And where can people find you online? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so my screen name for most everything is Hathix. H-A-T-H-I-X. So if you go to Hathix.com, H-A-T-H-I-X, you'll find me there. Uh, also, you find me at that handle on Twitter and on GitHub. You also just look up like Neil Meta Harvard. You'll probably find me that way as well. All right. Awesome, Neil. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you very much, Lawrence. Thanks for tuning in today. If you're interested in becoming a tech professional like the guests on this show, there are few things more powerful for landing a job than a standout LinkedIn profile. Your LinkedIn profile can make or break your job hunt. To make sure your profile is up to speed, download my free LinkedIn profile completion checklist for in specifically with technical employment in mind. You can find it at learntocodewith.me forward slash LinkedIn. It was great to have you with me today. Join me next week to hear from another successful techie or browse through the episode archives at learntocodewith.me forward slash podcast. See you later. Thank you.